This evening, we are back at church, and we are going to be studying uh, the fourth part of the series on eternal life. So if you'll open your Bibles to John chapter 5, that is where we'll, we'll have our springboard and get involved quickly into our lesson. First, let us pray. Our Father, we thank you for this beautiful day, and we thank you for the ability to come back into the house of God and be with our brothers and sisters that are able to be here tonight, and we pray your blessing upon those who are listening by, by the uh, podcast, and we pray, Lord, that you would uh, just speak to our hearts and feed us the word, and if there's someone that's listening or that doesn't know Jesus, that tonight they might give him their life. We pray in Christ's name and for his help, especially in this message, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. A great evidence for the truth of eternal life or eternal security is the fact that there are two judgments in the end time that will determine the fate of mankind. Now, there are seven total judgments, but two of them uh, are directly uh, encountered by men. By, by, by human, the human race. So, though many today teach a one general resurrection and judgment, the Bible speaks of a judgment for Christians and a judgment for the lost. If there was but one general resurrection, there would not be a need for a Christian being judged. God is the rewarder of those that obey him. Paul says, and again I said be in John, but we'll, we'll read one verse before we get to, to the uh, Gospel of John. Uh, we want to read 1 Corinthians chapter number 3 and verse 8. Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his labor. And so we see there is going to be a judgment for Christians. We will talk in detail about that as we move into our scripture tonight. The moment you sin bad enough, some people believe you lose your salvation. The scripture plainly tells us that there is two judgments, one for the Christian for rewards and crowns and positions in the kingdom to come and also for a loss of reward. And of course the judgment for the lost is, is because they rejected Christ, did not accept Jesus as their Savior, and therefore they have to pay the penalty for their own sin in a place called hell or the and the lake of fire. So let us uh, establish that there are two judgments. First, turn with me to John chapter 5 and verse number 25. Jesus speaking, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the hour is coming and now is when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God and they that hear shall live. And as the Father hath life in himself, so hath he given to the Son to have life in himself, 
and hath given him authority to execute judgment because he is the Son of Man. Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in which all that are in the graves shall hear his voice. Now notice, some are going to raise to one judgment and some will raise to another judgment as we read verse 29. And shall come forth they that have done good, in other words, those that have been saved, unto the resurrection of life. And they that have done evil, those who have sinned and never accepted Christ, unto the resurrection of damnation. So we have two judgments. The first judgment for the Christian, the resurrection of life. Turn to chapter 6 of the book of John and read 47. Verse 47, Jesus says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me hath eternal life. And so this is the resurrection of life or the resurrection for those who have eternal life, the Christian. Then the second one, as we read there in John chapter 5, was the resurrection of the damnation. And of course, Jesus uh, has, has in several different places in the scripture given us a reference to the fact that those people will stand in judgment. We call it the great white throne judgment for the lost. But in Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 through 23, we read about what's going to be taking place at the resurrection of damnation or the great white throne judgment. Verse 21 says, Not everyone that saith to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of the Father who is in heaven. Now what is the will of the Father? And that is that if you listen to uh, the last podcast, the will of the Father was that everyone be saved. That's the will of the Father. So this is uh, for those who do the will of the Father, well, these people haven't done the will of the Father or haven't accepted Christ because look at verse 22. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not, have we not prophesied in thy name and in thy name have cast out demons and in thy name done many wonderful works and then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. In other words, they never got saved. They... They were like, uh, in, in lesson three that we had uh, last Sunday, they were like Judas. He went along with the church crowd, the disciples. He did everything that the disciples did, but he had never had a heart change. He had never been saved. So Jesus will tell those on that day, depart from me, ye workers of iniquity. So now that we have established there are two judgments, one for the Christian and one for the lost. Uh, let us look and examine, dissect the resurrection of life. What is another name for this resurrection of life? Turn with me to Paul's writings, chapter 14 of the book of Romans, <clears throat> verses 10 through 12. But why dost thou judge thy brother? Or why does thy said it not thy brother? For we 
speaking, Paul speaking to the church at Rome and for uh, including himself, we, all Christians, we shall stand before the judgment seat of Christ. So another name for the resurrection of life for Christians is the judgment seat of Christ. In the Greek translation of this, it's called the Bema seat, and it sort of is the idea of uh, a tennis match. The judge or the referee of the tennis match sits above the court to watch whether the ball stays in bounds or goes out of bounds. He is the judge. He's the, he sits on the Bema seat, the judgment seat. And this is what Christ is going to do. He's going to sit on the Bema seat for Christians. Now notice, Paul said, we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. This is not the great white throne judgment. That's for lost people. This is for Christians. Continuing to read and find out what about. For it is written, as I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess to God. So then every one of, and now notice the next word that Paul uses, every one of us, speaking of Christians, every one of us shall give an account of himself to God. Okay, now Jesus died on the cross and we believe in him and our sins are forgiven. So from that point, when you got saved until the day you die or are raptured, you will give an account of your stewardship, what you have done for Jesus and with Jesus during your lifetime from the day you were saved until the day you die or are raptured. That is called stewardship. And that is what we will give an account of at the judgment seat of Christ. That's why it's so important for Christians to read their Bible daily, to pray daily, to witness as often as possible, to give your life unto the Lord uh, as service and, and, and doing good works and good, good deeds and to come together in church as much as we can and worship him because these things are vital for Christian growth and we're going to give an account of how we have conducted ourselves as a Christian during our lifetime from the day we were saved. Let's turn to another uh, verse that talks about this judgment seat. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter number 5 and verse number 10. <clears throat> Second, 2 Corinthians chapter number 5. And verse number 10. And again, Paul says to the church at Corinth, a body of believers, for we, including himself, for we, all Christians, must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Or again, not just the judgment seat of Christ, it's also called the resurrection of life. We will, we will stand before that judgment seat that everyone may receive the things done in his body, that is, from the day you were saved until the day you die or are raptured, according to that which you have done, whether it be what? Good or bad. You mean Christians can do bad things? Well, when we think of bad things, a lot of people want to say, oh, well, they got out and got drunk. Well, that ain't a very good Christian. 
not necessarily that is not that is a bad thing, obviously, but we're talking about bad things for Christians would be neglecting reading the Word of God. That's your food for your soul. So that would be a bad thing. So not praying would be a bad thing, and certainly not witnessing and trying to get people saved would be a bad thing. And not giving the way we should would be a bad thing. And not doing good works to help others that are less fortunate would not be considered good. That would be a bad thing. And of course, just skipping church when you we've skipped for two months, but we had to. But now we can get back together. But if you just skip church, just do what you want to do, that's a bad thing. It's not a good witness. So therefore... This judgment seat of Christ is, is more than, oh, somebody got drunk. It is going to get down to the nitty-gritty. Jesus knows us as you look into a microscope and can see the minute cells of the body or, or bacteria and all the little things that crawl around on earth and that, that science can magnify and see. Jesus is going to magnify our lives and it's going to be made manifest, shown openly to us where we failed him. But then, that's not what he is really wanting to do. He wants to give us gifts. Notice what he said again there. To receive the things done in your body, according to that, whether they be good or bad. He is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Turn with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter number 1. And verse number 9, and we'll continue to read about this judgment seat of Christ. Chapter number 2 and verse 19. For what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? Are not even ye in the presence of the Lord Jesus at his coming? You see, this, is, this is, should be a time like Christmas at your house when people get gifts. Jesus wants to give good things. And he wants to bestow those things on us. If we could lose our salvation because we did bad things, then this verse would not even be in the Bible and this judgment would not even be in the Bible. This, this judgment seat of Christ, there wouldn't be any need for it. It would be those who've done right go to heaven, those who've done wrong go to hell, and I don't think too many people would be going to heaven. Because we all sin daily. Nobody's perfect. And nobody can die without sin being in some way being in their life. Some way because of something we've omitted. Something we have done that we should have done. Or something that, that we have deliberately done. And that's why I'm so thankful for the grace of God. Turn with me to the Revelation chapter 22. Revelation chapter 22, again speaking about this, this uh, time when God will bestow upon those who have done right and obeyed Him and been dedicated, consecrated, and, and uh, have uh, shown forth Christ in their life. Chapter 22, verse 12 says, And behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me. He is going to reward Christians. Now, at the great white throne judgment, there won't be any rewards given out to lost people except for depart from me. I never knew you. If you don't call that a reward, that's definitely not a reward. So you see, there is 
or there are two separate judgments, one's for the Christian and one's for the lost. Now, again, he says, according to every man, according to his work. So, you see, we shouldn't be laying around during this last two months doing nothing. We should be, have been doing something for the Lord. Chapter number 3 of the Revelation, verse 11 says, Behold, I come quickly. Behold, hold fast that which thou hast. Let no man take thy crown. You see, Jesus, there's five crowns that a Christian can win. And he says, hold fast. In other words, do all you can do to, to gain that crown that God wants to give you, whichever crown or all five crowns as far as that goes. First uh, Corinthians chapter number three, speaking about this judgment seat. Paul says in first Corinthians chapter number three, verses 10 through 15. According to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation. Or what is the foundation that we as Christians lay? It's our salvation in Jesus Christ. Amen? And another builds upon it. In other words, Christ is, is why we're saved. And after we are saved, we should construct a spiritual house. So what's your house look like for Jesus? His foundation is our salvation. Let every man take heed how he builds upon it. For no other foundation can no man lay than which is laid, which is Christ Jesus. All right, now we're going to build our house. What's your house made of as a Christian? Now, if any man build upon this foundation, all right, the foundation is Jesus, what are you building? What kind of life are you building? Since you were saved until this day, are you building a gold house, a silver house, a precious stone house, a wood house? Sounds like the three little pigs now. A wood house, a hay house, or a stubble house? What, what kind of house, what kind of life are you living for Christ? Is it a golden life? Is it a silver life? Is it a precious stone life? Can people look at your life and say, boy, there goes a person who loves Jesus. Or is it a wood house? What happens to wood? It rots. It burns. It decays. What happens to hay? Same thing. What happens to stubble? It gets shaved off <laughs> in many cases. Every man's works shall be made manifest. Now, we're talking about this judgment seat. Every man's works are going to be made open. Manifest means shown open. For the day, what day? The day that Jesus comes back to judge the church at the rapture, right after the rapture, this, this judgment will take, take place. It says, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall test every man's works of what sort it is. The word fire in the, in the Bible means judgment. So at this judgment, your works are going to be tried by the Lord Jesus Christ. If any man's works abide, which he hath built upon, he shall receive, what? Reward. God wants to reward us. Remember that verse uh, that said that there's, there's joy in the presence? Just like at Christmas when everybody's giving gifts out, everybody's happy, everybody's full of joy. This is 
when Jesus at this great white, at, at this judgment seat of Christ gives out rewards, there will be joy for those who have served him in diligence. But if any man, verse 15, if any man's work shall be burned, in other words, you had a wood, wooden life. You didn't do a lot. You didn't, you didn't witness. You didn't read. You didn't study. You didn't pray. You didn't, you didn't do good works. Your heart wasn't right with God. You come to church every now and then. Christmas cactuses and Easter lilies. You were there then, but you didn't, you didn't really serve God. He says, You're going, your, your reward's going to be burned. You'll suffer loss. But he himself, this is why I believe in eternal security again, shall be saved yet as by fire. You're going to be saved, but you're going to be saved, as the old cliche says, by the hair of your chinny-chin-chin. You're going to be there. You're going to be in heaven. But when others are receiving rewards, you're going to receive ashes if your life hasn't been lived according to the Scripture. You see... um, 2 John, only one chapter. Turn to 2 John, one chapter, and verse number 8. Look to yourself. In other words, tighten your belts up and get in there and do something. That we might lose not those things which we have wrought, but that we should receive a full reward. God doesn't want to... Take away that which he has in store for you as blessings. He wants to give you a full reward. But if we don't do the things in obedience that the scripture says we ought to be doing, then we're going to be lacking at that judgment seat. All right, let's let's look at a few things, answer a few questions about the judgment seat of Christ. First of all, who is going to be there? I've already said this several times, but I want to... I want to be sure in case somebody's taking notes or they want to re- reference this again. Second uh, Corinthians chapter 5, who is going to be there? Paul says, for we must all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. We, including all Christians, for we must all. Speaking to the church at Corinth, he was not speaking to lost people. Second Corinthians was not written to lost people. It was written to God's people, the church. And Paul says, we, including himself. So who is going to stand before Jesus Christ at the judgment seat of Christ? We, all Christians. What is its name? Again, what we've done the who what it is the judgment seat of christ second corinthians 5 10 again it says for we must all appear before the judgment seat of christ when will this take place when will this take place uh turn with me again to second or not second but this 22nd chapter of revelation verse 12 Behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me. So he, when he comes in the clouds of glory at the rapture, before we enter into heaven, and he presents us as his 
bride to his father, we will receive rewards, crowns, positions according to our work that we've done since we were saved. Where will this take place? 1 Thessalonians. Paul's writing to the church at Thessalonica, chapter 4, verse 17. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Somewhere between earth and, and heaven, there is going to be in the clouds there the judgment seat of Christ. Why is there going to be a judgment seat? So we've looked at who, what, when, where. Now why is there going to be a judgment seat? Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify it, that means set apart, the church should be set apart and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word. All right, now the question is why is there a judgment seat? This judgment is going to be for our final cleansing. Now the blood of Christ has cleansed us from our sins here on earth. But the things that we have neglected to do the things that we should have done, the things that we, we uh, omitted from our life. Here he says, he's going to sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word. You see, every time you come to church, you're taking a spiritual bath in the sense that you are hearing the word of God and the word of God will help you stop sinning. It will help you prevent you from sinning it will, give you, it will give you the power to overcome sin as you hear it preached and as you read it at your house and study it yourself. So, so why is to, to clean the church up perfect? We're not perfect right now. You know, right now I'm not perfect. Did you know that? I'm your pastor. I'm not perfect because I'm in my old fleshly, old nature body that wants to say ugly things and think ugly things and do things I ought not do. We all have a tendency in this body to sin. Now, if we're saved, we ought to sin less. We're not sinless, but we ought to sin less. So for the sin that's remaining, those things we haven't done that we should have done, Christ is going to to judge us there. He's going to wash us in the water of the word. We're going to be judged by his word, the Bible says. Now notice verse 27. Why? That he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot, nor wrinkle, nor any such thing, but that it should be holy without, what? Without blemish. Without blemish. You see, when we are presented... To the Father, by the Son, he's going to say, this, this is my blood-washed church. And it is perfect because he saved us, washed our souls in his blood, and at the judgment seat of Christ, he's taken away the blemishes. 
You know, after you girls, or some of us guys, get out of the shower and get ready to go somewhere, if we've got a pimple or we got something, a little wrinkle or something, we put makeup on it or we try to cover it with some kind of ointment. That's what this is about. Jesus is going to clean us up perfect to present us to his father as his bride at the marriage supper of the Lamb that we have studied in Revelation chapter 19. All right, so we've looked tonight at the eternal life. Why we believe in eternal life? Because there are two judgments. The first judgment is the judgment for Christians. The second judgment is the judgment for lost people. Two entirely different judgments, and we will show you scriptures to prove this. And so we're going to look at the great white throne judgment. Revelation chapter number 20. If you'll turn there. And verse number 11 through 15. Chapter 20, 11 through 15. Now remember the first judgment for Christians was called the resurrection of life or the judgment seat of Christ. The second judgment is called the resurrection of damnation or the great white throne judgment. Revelation chapter 20, verse 11. And I saw the, a great white throne and him that sat upon it from whose face the earth and the heavens fled away and there was found no place for them. Now in the judgment seat of Christ, we're all going to be raptured and stand before him. Doesn't say we're going to run away. We're going to stand there. Here, people are going to try to escape, but you know there is no place to escape from God. Amen? And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were open, and another book was open, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged out of those things according uh, which were written in the books according to their works according to their works so um verse uh, number 13 and the sea gave up the dead that were in it and death and hell delivered up the dead that were in them and they were judged every man according to their works now notice there the grave and the sea gives up the bodies and hell delivers up the soul so the body and the soul of lost people are going to stand together. The soul and the body of the lost person will reunite and stand before this great white throne judgment. And of course, we know the outcome of what's going to happen. That, is, that body is eternally going to be cast into the lake of fire. So let us look at the result of this. Uh, found in verse number 14. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire, which is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. So hell is like, like Southwest Regional Jail. It's the holding place. Prisoners are sent from there into a solitary place called Mount Olives over in Fayette County, which is a, a federal prison. And we might compare 
southwest regional as hell and <laughs> casting it in people that go to to Mount Olives, that federal jail is as even a more secure and locked down place as the Lake of Fire, just as a as a example of of what's going to happen. Hell is going to be cast into a worse place, the second death or the Lake of Fire. All right, let's answer the questions about the great white throne judgment that we also answered about the judgment seat of Christ. First of all. Who's going to be there? And, and we already know, as we read just then, Revelation chapter 20, verse 12, the dead. The dead. Who are the dead? The dead in sin. Those who never received Christ as their Savior. They're dead in sin. Ephesians chapter 2, Paul says, verse number 1, Ephesians 2, 1. My pages would... Come apart here. Ephesians 2.1 And you were, uh, you hath he made alive or quickened who were dead in trespasses and sin. Verse 5 says it's a similar thing. Even when we were dead in sin. And so those who never received Christ, they die in their sin, they are going to stand at this judgment, this great white throne judgment. Now those of us who are saved, we're, we die in Christ. Therefore, we will stand at the judgment seat of Christ. We won't stand at this great white throne judgment because it's for those who die in their sin. Okay, what is its name? We did the who. Who's going to be there? The dead in, in sin. Uh, what's its name? We already just, we just read it. Revelation chapter 20, verse 11. The great white throne judgment. When will it take place? Now, according to uh, those of us who believe in dispensations of time, we believe that there is a rapture, and then there is a seven-year tribulation. At the end of that tribulation, there is going to be a battle called Armageddon, and Christ will come and rescue the, the Jewish people that are about to be uh, annihilated, and then he'll set up his millennial kingdom. At the end of that thousand-year millennial kingdom here on earth, then there will be a, a season when Satan will be released out of that prison. You can find this in the Revelation chapter 20, verses 7 through 11. Uh, Satan will be released out of, out of the bottomless pit. And for those who uh, have not been tempted by him during the millennial reign, they will, they will have an opportunity to either stay with Christ or, or, or be uh, persuaded by Satan to join him or, or be part of his crew. And then, of course, at the end of this in verse 11, chapter number 20, verse 11 of the Revelation, it says that fire came down from heaven and destroyed, destroyed Satan's camp there. And, and of course, he, he and uh, the false prophet and... Uh, and the beast are already in the lake of fire, and he's going to be cast into the lake of fire forever and ever and ever. So when will this judgment take place? At the end of the millennium is the answer. Now, where? Where will it take place? Revelation chapter number 20. And we're going to read verse number 11. Revelation 20. 
and verse number 11. And I saw... And I saw a great white throne and him that sat upon it from whom, whose face the earth and the heavens fled and there was found no place for them. Somewhere on the plane of eternity, we don't know where hell, where the lake of fire is. I believe hell presently today is in the center of the earth. But this lake of fire, wherever it is, uh, it, it is a place where this Judgment, it will be close to where this judgment is because people are going to be cast into the lake of fire. Uh, according to Revelation chapter 20 and verse number 15, and whosoever was not found written in the Lamb's book of life was cast into the lake of fire. So why? Why is there a great white throne judgment? Why is there a judgment for lost people? And the answer simply is, Romans 6.23 For the wages of sin is death. There has to be a penalty for sin. Jesus paid that penalty. It's already been paid. And, and men and women are foolishly rejecting Christ, dying in their sin, and going into a place where they're paying for their own eternal sins in a place called hell. They don't have to do that because God's grace is offered to us freely today. All we have to do is believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Aren't you glad today that you know Christ and you don't have to pay the wages of your own sin? Sin was judged on the cross if you accept it. If you don't accept it, then you pay for your own sin. And how? How foolish. How foolish. Let us, in closing, think about a person's timeline. The timeline of a saved person. Picture in your mind your life. You were born somewhere in your life, a long life's way, maybe in your youth, in your early life, in your midlife, or maybe even later in life. You accepted Christ as your Savior. Romans 10, 9. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thy heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. You got saved. You live, you live your life. I pray you live it committed to Christ. A life for the Lord. Faithful. Faithful in prayer. Faithful in Bible study. Faithful in witnessing. Faithful in church attendance. Faithful in good works. And then we die. Or our rapture. Then we will stand at the judgment seat of Christ. Now if you're not a Christian. The timeline of a lost person's life. Think about it. They're they're born. They grow up. They go to school. They may even go to church some. They may go to church regularly. But they never get saved. They may... They may go on Christmas. They may go on Easter. They, they may come to vacation Bible school, but they never get saved. Then they die. Then they die. What happens? The moment they die, they go into a place called hell. They pay the wages of their own sin. And then in the eternal 
future, somewhere along when God decides that enough's enough and the great white throne judgment is set up, that person will come out of hell and stand before God at this great white throne and he'll be judged according to his works. For by grace are you saved through faith that not of yourselves, not of works, lest any man should boast, and therefore he will be cast into the lake of fire for eternity. You know, it's not like a piece of paper that burns up. It is an eternal fire that never shall be quenched. Eternally separated from a God who loved you and died on the cross in your place that you might be saved. I pray, my friend, you have not put that off, that you won't put that off, that you've made that decision. I pray you've done it tonight. As you haven't, as we bow our heads, bow your head where you're sitting, your heart before God, and say these words to Him in prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Come into my life. Save me. God, help me to live for you from this day forward. And if you're a backslider, someone that's, that's been saved but's not living for Christ, tell God you're sorry. Lord, I'm sorry for where I failed you. Lord, I don't want to appear before you at, the, at this judgment seat of Christ and, and not be in your fellowship and not be, uh, Lord, where I should be for you. Lord, I recommit my life to you. And I give myself back to you and I'm going to serve you till I die every day. Pray that in Jesus' name and God will restore you to His fellowship. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.